Hey, Tech Leads, we're back. Today, we're wrapping up our discussion of why tech leads and managers exist. I think it's going to be helpful for you to understand your role and what you're supposed to do. And welcome to the Tech Lead Coaching Podcast. This is a podcast for tech leads, hands-on engineering managers, and startup CTOs. I focus on the first-line tech lead and manager roles because they're pretty challenging for most people, but they are also a huge opportunity in your career. And my goal in in this podcast and the newsletter is to bring you some clarity on what you're supposed to do, some certainty in how you do it, and confidence that you're going to be successful because you are. So clarity, certainty, and confidence. My name is Michael Rice, and every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, I plan to bring you some useful stuff that you can put to use today to make you more effective in the role, whether you're brand new or you're highly experienced. Tech Leads, this is episode number 61, and it is Friday, October 4th, 2019. You heard that right. Friday. Hope I'm not the first one to tell you that. Um, this week, we're wrapping up why our topic on why we need tech leads and managers, because I really think it gives you some context and insight into what it is you're supposed to do. And I'm basically going to, in this episode, and kind of all week, is basically flip your viewpoint upside down. And I think it's going to be really helpful for you. Um, remember, the new structure of these podcasts is that I'm going to float some ideas to you that you can put to use right away in your leadership, your tech leadership. Um, but I kind of ramble a little bit on these podcasts. They're really kind of like a working place or, or a sandbox for me to float some ideas out there. Um, and then I solidify them a bit in the newsletter. And if you missed uh, a few episodes ago, got good news for you. I am no longer trying to profit from your uh, tech leadership. <laughs> um, the newsletter is now free. Um, it was a really cool idea on Substack. I like doing it, but um, really, I just want to get these ideas out there. So so definitely join up, join for free. It's michaelrice.substack.com. Um, I will put a link to it in the show notes. All right, let's get into it. So the goal of the week was to give you some clarity, certainty, and confidence in your role as a tech lead by understanding the context of why managers exist in the first place. And tech leads kind of exist as an extension of engineering management, which we'll talk more about, or I think we did talk about even this week. But anyway, I was thinking, you know, last Wednesday, um, I think, I don't know if I mentioned it on the podcast, but definitely as I was writing up the, um, the letter, I was thinking about how much of our, at least in my experience, when I was an individual contributor, that my view of what managers did was really from the perspective of um, my role as an individual contributor, right? Like I, what I thought um, managers needed to do was really informed by my view of what I needed from them, right? Like I needed direction, I needed clarity on what I was supposed to do, I needed some leadership or whatever. Um, and all that stuff is definitely a part of management and leadership. Um, it's, it's what we should be doing or part of what we should be doing, but it's not the main reason why managers are there. Um, and so this is what I was talking about, about flipping your point of view. So I need you to start thinking about managers more from like the business perspective, at least for a minute. And then we can, we can resume our normal (laughs) programming in terms of like giving you some stuff with, uh, some useful stuff to be a tech lead and a good tech lead. But once I started to flip my understanding of how this works, everything started to clarify for me. So look at it from this perspective. If you, let's step out of your role today and pretend you are a startup trying to raise some money. 
and um, you go to the venture capitalists, right? And you give them a pitch. And the, during the pitch, the most venture capitalists, I mean, I'm not an expert on this by any means, don't pretend to be, but my understanding is most venture capitalists look almost exclusively at the management team when they're making a decision. I mean, of course, they want to hear about the idea and the product, and maybe some of them focus on that. But I think um, quite a few venture capitalists really just kind of look at the management team and like what their success is, what, they, um, what their capabilities are. Um, and so when you're an investor or a shareholder, you're really kind of looking at that management team and looking at the opportunity. And the question is, how well can the management team execute on the opportunity? So they'll invest and they'll give money, assuming they believe in that team. Um, but then, of course, as headcount grows, um, as, the, as, the start, as your startup starts growing and hiring more and more people... Um, you are accountable to the shareholders to get some results, but you can't manage everything, right? So you start to build out this kind of organization chart. And I know some companies are like playing around with different ideas about this, but you build out this kind of uh, organizational chart. And the idea is you start delegating more and more and more of the um, what needs to happen to more and more managers, right, down the organizational tree. And so eventually it trickles all the way down to engineering managers and even engineering managers, if they have enough direct reports, can't track everything. So they often nominate tech leads Um, and they'll like delegate some of their activity or some of their management um, uh, work to the tech leads. So what, so to step back again, the venture capitalists or shareholders or investors or whoever investing in this business, what are the three big activities you expect the management team to do? And this is what we've been talking about all week. So the big three in my mind are, first of all, the, the managers or the leadership team needs to be able to look out kind of into the future and um, see where things are going, see where the opportunities are. Number two, they need to make conscious decisions about how to um, go about um, taking advantage of those opportunities or or creating new opportunities. And then um, three is actually like marshalling or, or assembling all the resources of the company to, um, to actually uh, execute on those decisions. So kind of three big things. And of course, like in most of our day-to-day jobs, we're kind of on number three, which is why we started this week on Wednesday talking about uh, number three, which is about marshalling the resources. This week, we're going to talk about the first, or this today, we're going to talk about the first two. And just to, just as a refresher, remember every manager and every tech lead does some or all of those three activities at different levels or different scales. So obviously the the CEOs or the CXOs or the senior vice presidents, depending on how big your company is, they tend to look at really big sweeping trends in the industry and they make big sweeping wide ranging decisions. And the way they allocate and deploy resources is very disconnected from the day-to-day work, right, from the from the day-to-day get commits and pull requests and all that stuff, right? They're thinking more like, how much headcount do I need in this area? How much headcount do I need in that? Where should I reduce here? So they're thinking in these kind of big macro um, terms. But of course, down at your level, you're still going through the same cycles. It's just the scope is a little bit more limited. And so as a tech lead, you will often get delegated some or all of those cycles or maybe just very a very small slice of them. So, you know, like I said, on Wednesday, we talked a lot about that third cycle or activity, which is really where tech leads often get most engaged. 
And my goal was to get you to think more like a manager and to be more resourceful about the resources to really think about like the full sweep of all the stuff you have at your disposal from physical space to time, to people, to other teams, to other managers. Um, The best um, tech leads and the best managers are really good at like assembling all the resources and seeing all of them um, and using them effectively. Um, and then today, I want to close out by thinking about the first two st- cycles or steps, right? Like seeing into the future and making decisions. And the first one, like I said, when you think about seeing into the future as your role as an engineering manager or tech lead or first line leader, um, you, you probably admire folks, at least their um, what they've accomplished or delivered, like Steve Jobs or Elon or um, Bill Gates, maybe. Um, you know, these were very, very visionary type tech leads or tech tech leaders. Um, I suppose some of them were tech leads at one point. Um, and this is like a quality we look for, right? We, you know, especially like, uh, venture capitalists, uh, like want to know that you have some really big vision into the future. And of course the CEO of your company, right. Needs to have this kind of macro understanding of where the market trends are and where the company needs to be. But, um, and even if you go a level down, right, like de- like department heads, right, kind of an antiquated term, but we still use it sometimes, business unit leaders, um, group leaders, they kind of need to know where the business is going and so that they can um, orient their group to make the right contribution to the vision from the CEO or from the senior leadership team. But down at your level, you still need to know the future too. You need to know how the product is evolving or the technology landscape that you're working on, the kind of topology of your environment. Um, Where are the levers for your team or group? How are you going to be able to make a contribution in your organization, even if it's small? Where will the business need you to be in a few months or quarters? What about technology, right? Technology is obviously moving fast, especially if you're in certain areas of it, like really cutting edge um, languages or frameworks, you know, you need to like make sure you're getting set up correctly for what's happening. Um, how much tech debt are you incurring at any given moment? Um, are you, do you have visibility into like the timelines and the future of projects? And are you going to have time? Are you going to be able to build time into like future sprints or future iterations where you're going to be able to pay down some of the tech debt or make certain investments in terms of um, time for? doing some research or some interesting stuff. Basically, how much can you see into the future? If you can see really well, it's going to kind of open up opportunities for you in your mind in terms of what you're supposed to do as opposed to just being kind of buried in the (laughs) day-to-day. People are handing you stuff that needs to be done. If you can start seeing through that and start seeing the future, um, that's going to make it a little easier or make you more effective in the role. And the second step is... um, of course, making decisions, right? So now that you've kind of seen where things are going, you know, you really want to make really clear and crisp decisions. And I think how you go about making those decisions is is really important. It's, um, you know, how um, clearly do you make them? How much do you engage your team in making the decisions? How much does everybody understand about the vision or the decisions you're making? Um, If you remember my four core, one of the key pieces is basically like vision crafting. And I think, if your vision for the future includes a clear decision about a clear vision for the future, 
then you're going to be way more effective. And so there's all kinds of stuff, right? Like who should be working on what, what technology should you be doing? Um, how much, you know, how fast or how, you know, how sloppy could you, do you need to do something just to get it shipped? You know, like in terms of tech debt, how much are you accruing? Um, you know, making really clear decisions about this is what's going to happen. Um, by making those kind of decisions and seeing into the future, you're basically setting yourself up to be more effective as a leader, right? And so this is this is a really good cycle to to consciously be considering what you're doing, and you'll start to see yourself more and more as somebody who makes strong decisions, who has confidence in what they see in the future. You know, assuming that you know, as you go, you kind of learn from your mistakes and you get better and better and better. Right. So, um, sometimes though, I wanted to mention this is, um, it's easy as you're kind of peering into the future or, you know, you know, setting aside a few moments in a day to, to think about what's going to happen. It's easy to kind of quickly make decisions too, right? You might see a certain thing coming down the pike in terms of the product or the product management, and you might instantly jump to a decision process, right? And you're making a decision. Um, I mean, that's fine. In some cases, it's just natural. But um, the more you can um, draw a clear distinction between seeing the future and making a decision, I think gives you a little breathing space in your mind to um, to maybe consider other decisions. Because sometimes decisions can be very like knee-jerk. And so if you give yourself a little mental space to think, well, what decision do I really want to make about what's going to happen? You're probably going to make better decisions doing that, right? Um, and then obviously, like the last point I want to make is that, um, well, not so obviously, but the um, the conversation we had on Wednesday about resources and what you have available to you um, can sometimes inform or hold you back in terms of what kind of decisions you're going to make and then the effectiveness of those decisions. And by that, I mean, if you, well, I probably mean quite a few things, but one of the things I'm thinking of is um, if you have kind of a dim view of, or a, or a, um, a not very expansive view of the kind of resources you have available to you, you know, if you have people, you, you just have a team of like three, four or five people that are like all slam busy you're going to think of yourself as not being able to make very um, creative or strategic decisions because you're going to be bogged down in that sense of like being resource poor. Um, And what I was trying to do on Wednesday is to think more broadly, right? You probably have more resources than you think you do. And so always be careful, you know, if to think um, or be careful not to get yourself bogged down in any kind of negativity about your resources. I mean, there's realities. I'm not telling you not to be unrealistic, but just don't see it, see it as it is, but don't see it as worse than it is. So, so I think we've done enough damage on this topic today. I hope all this has given you some insights in terms of like how managers work, why they're there, and then why um, your role as a tech lead exists, because I think it'll help you understand a little bit better about how you're supposed to um, do your day-to-day. Thanks for listening, Tech Leads. We're on this mission together. We're trying to figure out this Tech Lead hands-on EM or startup CTO thing where there is a lot of expectation and very little support too often. And thank you for taking me on this journey with you. I've got lots of free stuff for you. I've got the free email list. you got the Tech Lead Coaching Network. Um, if you're in LA with me, I'm always happy to meet you for coffee or whatever. Um, or you can come to one of our Tech Lead Workshops LA once we get that kind of spun up again. Um, finally, you can download my free book, How to Be a Tech Lead on LeanPub, but promise me you won't actually read it for a few 
weeks. Do the download, and then when it, when it updates on LeanPub, they'll they'll let you know. Um, and then no matter what, uh, remember I want to hear from you. Drop me an email to me at michaelrice.com or hit me up on Twitter at Michael Rice. So you made it, Tech Leads. It's Friday. It's the end of the week. You're making the most of this opportunity. I hope it's a big step in your career. You're gonna do great, and I'm just happy to be on the journey with you. Have a great weekend, Tech Leads. Mm-hmm.